Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisler Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Star Wars is better than sex. Balls. Well, according to Will Smith, it is. And uh, we'll tell you why, because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, August 4th, 2017, episode 42. And uh, we are excited to be with you tonight. Lots of Star Wars news to cover. We've got some uh, updates from Comic-Con. We've got a couple of tidbits from D23 that we got to get to from last week. We've got some new images that are leaking out from uh, The Last Jedi and the Han Solo film. And uh, we are excited to share all of this with you and get you caught up on everything Star Wars. I am your host, Steve Baldwin, and four-fifths of the Hive are together tonight. Joining me, as always, my Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Oh, good gosh almighty. It's another fantastic week to Star Wars nude. So news, not nudes, Star Wars news we're going to be talking about. And uh, I'm happy to be here. Maybe, I'm, uh, I'm, maybe it is Star Wars nudes. According to Will Smith, uh, Will Will Smith love, likes it better than sex. So as long as it's sha- shaven, freshly shaven Wookies, unless it's that, <laughs> I'm out. I'm only in if it's a freshly shaven Wookie. That's wow. the only circumstance in which we'll talk about it. Freshly uh, shaven landing strip leading to Docking Bay ninety four. <laughs> <laughs> Also joining the show tonight, lifelong Star Wars aficionado, Scott Ivansky. Hey, Steve. Uh, sp- hey, Greg, speaking of nudes, uh, I'd like to throw this out there. I-, I will soon be on the market for uh, anything that's nude related. So please, you need a photographer? Let's talk. Hmm. Nudes. Let's do let- nudes. I- I'm just going to say that. Oh, did you off. just say you want to take naked pictures of me? I, that's what it sounded like to me. <laughs> No, no, I'm just... What I heard. Sure, why not? (laughs) Let's get Greg in. We'll do a nude session. Breaking Uh, nudes. If you take a picture of him nude, you can show it to his wife. It'll be the first time that she's uh, seen that. (laughs) Grizzly nudes. (laughs) Dude, seriously. Grizzly Adams nude right there. I got some action. All right. We're good. The beard is so long, it's like I'm wearing clothes at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my... Uh, also joining us, the captain of the Millennial Falcon, Nico Rodriguez. Now, see, you say we've got four-fifths of the hive here tonight. Um, but I count five-fifths because I saw that bottle of Jameson in Scott's hand earlier tonight. So, there it is. It's an official member, official member of the Wretched Hive hosting crew. It is an official (laughs) member. I'm feeling good about it. It's been a it's crazy ma- week, it, crazy day. It's, Go ahead. Ma- it's made more appearances than Dave has. <laughs> <laughs> You're goddamn right it has. It's never missed a show. It's the, <laughs> Very true. It's the, six, it's the sixth fifth Very of the true. Russian Hive. Hey, hey, Greg, who who is this Dave Potter you're talking about? I thought we were talking about Harry Potter. And finally, under no circumstances. Will, touch you will, will Dave be on the show tonight? Oh, wait, what? That's right. Uh, Dave, under no circumstances will you ever call him. Harry Potter is is not available tonight. He is working late, and uh, so we're, we are, uh, my God. So we're four by four tonight. This is the part where we do the funny, this is the funny intro part. Oh, you want to do it? This is Lisa's favorite part of the show. That's true. Well, let's do it really quick. Okay, just uh, I'm, I'm, I'm completely <laughs> lost interest now. <laughs> well, we could do it really quick, literally. 
Okay. Okay. Quick. And finally, we have. It is. Dave. That time. Should you ever, <laughs> ever. call ever. him Harry Potter. 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 Snape. Gryffindor. Well, we. <laughs> hey, you guys. Now, it's a weird show tonight because we've, we've never had actually Nico with a camera. So we could see Nico for the first time on through Skype. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. I got to say, I kind of like seeing your noggin. God keeps photographing him, too. Yes, Why is does. that? Because it's funny. <laughs> Send nudes. <laughs> if... Hey, Nico, here comes a dick pic for you. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Let's stay away from as that. As long as it's not yours. So last time I saw that, I what threw up. What did you up. say? It's like a baby's arm with a fist. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and if you would like to take pictures of nude Greg, you can call... <laughs> Us, leave a message. Scott will uh, will tell you all about it. Our phone number, the official Wretched Hive hotline, 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. You can also find us on the web. Our official home on the web is www.thewretchedhive.net. And we would love to connect with you on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash wretched hive podcast all right well i think guys we are just gonna dive right in with some of this from abc news world headquarters this is abc world news tonight no it's not it's star wars news with the wretched hive so be it well comic-con was last weekend and uh not a whole lot of Star Wars news at Comic-Con. There were a few a few choice uh, stories we need to cover here. First and foremost, Will Smith professed his love for science fiction. He said it started at a, at a young age. He was there to promote his science fiction film, Bright. And uh, the actor recounted seeing Star Wars for the first time when he was 10 years old. He said, quote, I've never been smashed like that in a movie theater, he said. My mind was boggled. It was the early days of special effects, and I was just completely blown away. He said, I had sex a few years later, Smith deadpanned. It was close, but no Star Wars. That's right. Will Smith likes Star Wars better than sex. He's doing it wrong, obviously. Also, he went to go see Star Wars at 10 years old, drunk in the theaters. That's not <laughs> Yeah, well, a parent lets their kid go to the movie theater smash like that. That's totally just inappropriate. I think you misheard the quote. I think he was saying that the movie smashed him like he was wowed by it, not that he went in as a 10-year-old smashed. <laughs> the quote know. literally says, I've never been smashed like that in a movie theater. Yeah, I think I think he was getting his <laughs> Drew Barrymore on. That's what, that's what was happening. I feel sorry for Jada Pinkett Smith. I mean, she's been missing out. I don't know. Hey, she's all hot and stuff, but she's no Star Wars. She's no Star you think Wars. they have to so, play Star Wars in the background? <laughs> so, um, can we get a ruling on? Can we get a ruling on Will Smith, guys? What's the rule? What's the ruling on Will Smith? Yay or nay? In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playgrounds where I spent most of my days. I think that's where he peaked. I mean, I'll, I'll give him Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but there is not a single movie out there that I'm thinking, God damn, Will Smith. I Am Legend. Is a I shitty Robot. movie. Yeah, in, Independence Day, crap. Um, I, Robot, crap. Uh, the, the vampire one, crap. That's not a vampire, that's zombies. Whatever. It's still a piece of shit. You're whatever, piece of shit. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to this. Hello. It's a little game we like to call Star Wars Choices. Think of a hard choice you'll face in the near future. Let's choose. Okay, would you rather be intimate with a Wookiee? Choose wisely. Or be intimate with Ula, but Jabba gets to watch? I just assume he's a Wookiee. Wretched Hive. You never, you won't hear this on any other podcast. All right, this is original content. Exclusive. All right, would you rather have sex or watch Star Wars? Are we talking about right now? 
or like only one for the rest of your life kind of thing. See, here's the thing is the Star Wars choices has always been you have to give up one for the rest of your life. Um, true. Like that's that's, like, true. that's your choice. Yeah. So, sorry, Star Wars. You're yeah. out. Bye. Bye. So would you? So so if would you rather n- never watch Star Wars again or never have sex again? You know, Game of Thrones is a pretty good show. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Wow. Scott, what say you? Oh man, you know I <laughs> I love Star Wars, yeah. but I didn't get to jump in on the whole Will Smith thing. Um, um, Will Smith could possibly be the Glenn Frey of the movies. You know, here's the funny thing. He's really? a, he's a great personality. He's a lot of fun and and he's energetic. He brings that energy to Comic-Con and everything he does. However, I got it, you know, after listening to Greg talk about him, and he really doesn't have a great track record with films other than the Go ahead. He's it it seems like he's been successful, you know. I'll I'll grant that Independence Day was a huge hit and and it's popcorn movie, but it really is if you watch Independence Day, it's a shitty movie. But it's popcorn movies, so you can sit down and you can and you can and you can watch it, you know, because it's on, you know. Okay, so you, Greg, mentioned first of all, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but I'm going to throw in a couple other things real quick. Um, six to re- Six Degrees of Separation was a really damn good film, and he was really good in that. I enjoy watching Independence Day even now, like watching it over and over again. Um, but you're right; it, it's a popcorn film. Um, another. They infect the aliens with a Mac computer, guys. They infect the aliens with a Mac computer. All right. You know what? It just shows you how advanced Steve Jobs was. Yeah. I'm out. Actually, it's a terrible movie. I I, I rewatched it in preparation to go see last year's Independence Day. Oh, God. And I I, I rewatched it, and it was so bad, I decided not to go to the new one. (laughs) I don't care care about this anymore. Okay. I saw the new one, and I'm going to tell you this. Um, Yeah. Okay. I'm out. Will Smith, I'm out. (laughs) So, Men in Black, we're looking at IMDb.com here. Um, Bad Bad Boys was a fun film. uh, Um, You know, I never saw Bad Boys. I'll give wow. you I'll give you Men in Black the first one um, yeah. as being okay. I don't think that was a bad movie, but I was you know I saw it. I, the the second one was really bad, and I didn't see any of the others after that. But no, there's one, maybe two after that. I don't know. Uh, th- no, there's only one more. Three is actually a really good movie. It's way better than two. However, uh, come on, Wild Wild West with the giant alien mechanical <laughs> spider. Let's do that, guys. So that that movie was awful. Oh, oh yeah, what about, awful. That, and and, that was the height and, of his uh, popularity. What about the movie he did with his son? That, that was like Jaden Smith. Okay. They were like, <laughs> they were like wow. space and like I don't know, like they were I did, I, army or whatever stranded. I didn't see that one, but I hear it was really bad, and I hear it was like it was it was an adapted Scientology story, if I remember right, too. So it got a lot. It, there was a lot of heat on it because it was an adapted Scientology story, maybe or something like that. Um, that's what that's what I want to bring this up to. I know we can keep going on with the movie list, but the whole Scientology thing just bugs the crap out of me. Is he a Scientologist? Oh my yeah. god! Man. I did not know that. Yes. Oh okay. There's John Travolta, and then there's Will Smith. Oh, I'm sorry. There's Tom Cruise in there too, somewhere. Don't, wow, don't, really? don't oh, forget, don't forget Mr. Cruise. So he he also did the one that really sticks out to me is because one I actually looked forward to was that Hancock movie, and that movie was yeah. horrible. That movie was like yeah. insultingly bad. I mean, it was just awful. Hey hey, I was there for I Am Legend because I love that book. But man, that was not a good movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It 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 was. So uh, it, he just seems to be so popular, and I can't think of a a good movie outside of. And I'll give you Men in Black, and I'll give you the fun factor of Independence Day, even though it is a bad movie. But I can't think of anything that was like, why is this guy so popular? Wait, wait, wait. We're looking up some stuff about him, and we have him down as the genie in the live action Aladdin Disney film. Whoa. Ugh. I'm oh. out. I'm out. Whoa. <laughs> that does not make me happy. Whoa. Okay, let's bring this back. Um, Did you guys I, see Concussion? What about that football movie, Concussion, where he plays the doctor that nope. figures out the NFL is uh, you know, harming its players? I, I never saw it. Never saw it. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Okay, uh, so my vote on this is definitely sex. <laughs> Star Wars, I love you, but you're out. 
There's just something so much better about sex. All right. I think it's four nothing. That was that was like a parachute study. We knew what was going to happen. Yeah. I would I mean, go ahead and proxy for Dave and say that he would pick Star Wars, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because he hates sand. That's why. Just because of that one scene with Anakin. Oh my god! That's why he likes Star Wars better. That's why. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna really be angry about that next show. That's true. <laughs> well, the choice the choice has been made. He should have shown up. All right, yeah. four to one. All right. They like Star Wars better than sex. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's what happens when you don't show up to the show. That's what happens. Uh, also, news coming out of Comic Con in San Diego last weekend. Star Wars fans pay tribute to Carrie Fisher. Now, this was really cool. You had uh, four Star Wars costuming groups. Uh, came together at Comic-Con on, on Sunday to stage, and this is, by the way, from the theguardian.com, uh, to stage a tribute to their favorite fallen prince. The fan group celebrated the life and work of Carrie Fisher while dressed up as Princess Leia. Several women dressed as in Leia's flowing white gown and twin buns hairstyle. Another said, quote, you put on a pair of buns and you're unstoppable. That's what I always say. That's so, my motto, guys. Yeah, so another tribute to Carrie Fisher. Very nice. Uh, there was also some a story, uh, I don't think I have it in the show notes, but um, quite a few of the f- stars from Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, are talking about how they've, they're giving Carrie a really nice send-off in this movie. I, I don't know if they changed something, if they rewrote or re-edited something, but it sounded like we were going to learn the fate of Princess Leia now in Episode Eight. So did you guys happen to see that this week? Yeah, that just came out a couple days ago. I think it was John Boyega in one of his interviews yeah. came out with it. I'm just trying to scan it real quick if we can just kind of throw it in here. Um, it says, yeah, it says the mo- this movie, it sends her off in an amazing, amazing way, Boyega said. And she's still kept alive in this franchise. She lives forever in that sense. Okay. Hmm. So uh, spoiler alert everybody. <laughs> interesting. Whoops. So I heard all I heard was that it, it sends her off. Her but then her, it sounds like her she's going to anyway, live on. That's, but yeah, her arc yeah, anyway, her arc, but yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah. She gets grayscale and has to go to Valoran. Samwise Gamgee <laughs> has to cut it off. That's uh that's 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 the uh the wrong thing I think you're you're thinking of Scooby Doo. <laughs> Yeah. If it wasn't for those damn kids. All right, bro. Uh, right, bro. Actually, if, if, if you're going to be cutting off, shouldn't it be Scrapey Doo? Shouldn't that who, who it should be? Scrappy? Scrappy. 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 Scrappy Doo. Scrappy Doo. Now, <laughs> this next story, very cool. Earlier this week, actually, guys, uh, Star Wars is Land, it? as you know, is under construction at Disneyland. and The uh, Galaxy's last... Edge, you mean? The Galaxy's Edge? Yes, Galaxy's Edge. Thank you. And last week, Disneyland reopened some attractions that have uh, been closed for over a year now to make way for Galaxy's Edge. So the Riverboats of America is open. The Mark Twain Railroad is open. And uh, I can report that the family and I went out on Monday, I think it was Monday night, and rode the Mark Twain uh, Railroad. And uh, it actually does make a left-hand turn for the first time ever in the history of the park. Oh. Yeah. And the river looks great. All looks beautiful. Cannot wait for the rest to open. It's going to be fantastic. But that is now open. So if any of you guys get to go to D, you can now you can now uh, reacquaint yourself with those attractions. You know, if there's one thing you learn to appreciate when you go to Disneyland, it's a ride that lasts longer than 90 seconds. So that's why I think why I like the train, because you can sit on it for like a good half an hour and just not have to go anywhere. Right. Oh, the train ride is the best, man. I love sitting on that, just taking a break, cruising the park, hitting the dinosaurs. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Do you get to, uh, do you see anything from Galaxy's Edge on the train? No, no. It's all, there's a there's a newly constructed sort of a deserty wall that separates the train from, um, from the area that they're constructing. Uh, at one point, you can see some scaffolding and, you know, like a crane. But, you know, that's about it. 
So I'll throw you in it. You can see more actually. Actually, you can see more from the top deck of the uh, parking structure, which I've uh, taken a few photos over the the last year and a half, and I'll I post those occasionally. But I need to put a little retrospective together and post them all at once. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll share a little something with you. My uh, my middle son uh, just turned seventeen recently, a couple weeks back, and his girlfriend works at at the park at Disneyland. Or his girlfriend's mom works at the park. I should say his girlfriend's mom works at Disneyland. And so, by the way, happy birthday, Kyler! I will pass that on. Thank you very much. And so, as for his birthday, uh, um, said girlfriend's mom wrote his name on this on this. I-beam is what it basically is. It's basically a construction I-beam. And this construction I-beam is going to be placed as the topmost monument in Star Wars land. And his so his name and his girlfriend's name will always be forever enshrined as at the topmost marker of Galaxy's Edge. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's ever going to see it, but it's there. <laughs> but it's there? <laughs> now... Why couldn't she write the Wretched Hive podcast? Because it wasn't <laughs> our birthday. Damn it. She Bad missed that timing. birthday. All right. Um, that's all right. Well, good. That's really cool. That's super cool. We are two years away from that opening now. Two years? Yeah, 2019. It's a long time. So, yeah, about two years. Yeah. I am definitely planning on dying before that comes around. <laughs> we gotta wrap up this podcast we gotta wrap up this episode so we didn't really cover this and we, uh, we should have but uh, D23 was a few weeks ago now two episodes ago and there was some additional uh, photos released I don't think we covered this when we talked about D23 nudes uh, nudes and, and sorry nudes nope no nudes Damn nope. It. nope your nudes didn't make it they didn't have the Greg Lent Wookie nudes Wookie nudes. Chauvin, freshly shorn Wookie. I thought I maneuvered us past this. I don't know if we get back to it. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, NME.com has a nice photo of uh, Finn and Ray and Poe uh, there with some TIE fighters in the background. Looks like a nice composite image of the three of them put together by uh, someone in Photoshop. The the one I wanted to to talk more a little more about was um, well there's some others if you scroll down on this page at enemy.com I, I, these these have been shown on like the sides of the toy boxes now for a few months the image that I wanted to cover that's now I can't find anywhere on the internet is the leaked photo of Snoke did you guys see happen to see they have a like a headshot of Snoke I did see that yes oh there it is. Nice. How'd you steal? Oh, is that in our thread? I sent them all to us. Oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. So what are you looking at there, Scott? What, what am I looking at? You mm. want me to describe this? Um, it's a freshly well, shorn Wookiee. Wo- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. what we've got is like, it looks like kind of a, like a, an old, a very old person um, that has undergone some head trauma, for sure. Uh, you can see some of the uh, the veins and tendons and stuff in the neck. And, uh, oh, he's got, like, the sunken cheek. I mean, this is a really clear image. The eyes look very real. Did they, ta- did they take this thing? I guess they must have ceased and desisted this thing to death because I I don't see it anywhere either. So Yeah. Hmm. I think if you were lucky enough to pull it down, you got it. And if not, you don't. Uh, there's also something that looks like some sort of a... It almost looks like the Black Knight from... Um, the Monty Python film, uh, but in red. So this is my interpretation of this. I think what this is is the evolution, like the Stormtrooper, mm. how much has changed from the end of Return of the Jedi to The Force Awakens. This is what is now the Imperial Guard, mm-hmm. so uh, or the Royal Guard. But as we, we had we saw Imperial Guards, didn't we? In um, in Rogue One. Oh, those were the old ones. Yeah, that's yeah, previous. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I think this is just the next evolutionary step for the First Order for what the Imperial Guards will look like. Um, but there's multiple versions. The one that, the ones that I posted on our page um, kind of does look like a Black Knight, like you were describing. But there's multiple takes. If you look at each one of the designs, I think there's four or five of them. Each one varies, and it might just symbolize uh, maybe their rank or how they stand out 
to whoever they're protecting. Because as far as we know, the royal guards in Return of the Jedi were always there to protect the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? They mm-hmm. were his elite guard staff. Uh, in, and, and infamously, in one of the deleted scenes, uh, has a confrontation with Vader. So I'm assuming this is going to be somebody that's protecting Snoke or one of the higher-ups, maybe even uh, Kylo Ren or somebody else mm-hmm. in the next film. And he's got uh, he's holding a weapon, it, which sort of looks like some sort of a sword. It's like a steel texture to it with a point. It actually is pointy on the end. Yeah. And it's uh, it's like got a red hilt and uh, almost almost candy striped in uh, in like gray and light gray and dark gray. It's kind of yeah. interesting. Well, I'm gonna again add to this. Uh, the royal guards, which we are very familiar with, had a staff with mm-hmm. them called the Force Pike. So, mm-hmm. uh, and and again in that deleted scene, have some stance like some standoff with vader they actually can stand up to vader uh which i i'm kind of bummed they didn't put that in the original return of the jedi but that's very reminiscent this staff is of the original royal guard mm-hmm. yeah i so, loved how the uh how yoda trashed the royal guards though in uh, episode three. Oh yeah yeah when he walks in the room so uh, so are these more like the staffs that were carried around by the royal guard and like Jedi, or are they more like the staffs that were carried around by like uh, Grievous's guards in, say, Attack of the Clones? Uh, no, more like Return of the Jedi. They just have a different look to them. That's all. They don't have anything that actually like uh, any energy bolts or anything coming off of it. But but it looks like a sword with a hilt. Yeah, it does. It's, it's not. It's not a staff like a fighting staff. It's more like a. It does have a red it, it's, lightsaber. It's more hill. like a sword or, or like a lightsaber design. Um, it's interesting. But the body armor is very reminiscent of a, a knight's armor or even a samurai. That actually looks better um, tied up like that. Yeah. yeah I realize yeah. how intricate that was. Yeah, there's definitely the samurai look to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there, there are multiple variations of the outfit. So that's why I'm saying there's probably ranks of them. Mm. So I'm curious to see where they go with that. I'm, I'm trying to pull that up. Even the quick. pose kind of looks like a samurai sort of a yeah. pose to him. So we also they got a nice, cool, uh, what, what could be an iconic picture of Luke holding his, uh, like a walking stick and looking over his left shoulder. Uh, and then you've got uh, Ray. In, in the familiar stance that we've come to know her now in a lot of the toy packages. Yeah, I actually like bit. this because what we're getting here is an actual new outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, very reminiscent of her uh, outfit we're familiar with from The Force Awakens. However, she does have more of a Jedi look. Now, here's what I found interesting is the rumors that we've been talking about in uh, previous shows about the Gray Jedi. Mm. Uh, a whole new type of order of Jedi that Luke has, has discovered and realize that maybe what the Jedi weren't doing, I know that this theory has been out there, um, is very reminiscent in her outfit. It's a very gray uniform with some browns and light tans. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously the lightsaber is a a plain white. It doesn't have the effect added into it yet, but um, I'm almost certain by the hilt that it's going to be the blue lightsaber that she uh, was returning to. It looks like Luke's hilt, Yeah. 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 Or maybe that she will design herself. Um, there is a lot of gray in that. You're right, Scott. Yeah. And varying, varying shades and textures, but, uh, her outfit was a lot more tan in, in, uh, the force awakens. And this is a lot, this, this has a lot of gray to it. So yeah, speculation is running amok about the whole gray Jedi, the gray, uh, the gray force. And there's, there's a lot of conversation out there about that. Yeah. There's some great stuff. Um, I'll have to post the link because there's a ton of photos. I've only posted uh, what, four. Oh, so those those aren't those are actually pop prop replicas, right? Those aren't are those that wasn't was that Mark yeah. Hamill there posing? That was Mark Hamill there oh, okay. posing. Okay. So I think some of the other ones that we saw. I'm going to try and pull it up. Okay, here's another shot. I will put this up there. We'll describe this real quick of the Royal Guard uh, or or guard that's very similar. This one actually has the giant force pike. It's very reminiscent of um, the original Return of the Jedi force pike. It's large. It's full body size. Mm. But at the end, instead of just a point, it actually has a giant blade at the end, a huge blade. Um, There's multiple versions or variations of this character. Uh, Luke's outfit, different poses. 
Um, some really great stuff that's out there. Uh, I will post this up. Kylo Ren shows off a lot of uh, the new scars, the new things that we're going to see in his outfit, uh, minus the helmet. I think the helmet they have in a couple shots, but it's not on him. That picture from that photo set of Snoke, though, yeah. is yeah. hilarious. I laugh every <laughs> time I see that because it's just like, I don't know. Like, he's a kid, and he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. And just, like, turns around, like, who? Huh? His expression. He's got yeah, that. It's kind of funny. Like, it wasn't me. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's yeah. funny. Seeing him kind of out of context of the film, without all the shadow, he's, you know, obviously this is a picture of the actor and the makeup, so it's going to be more, quote-unquote, flesh and blood of Snoke. It's not going to be the the hologram of him in a cave. So it's just, and, and and seeing it in in such bright lighting, um, mm-hmm. just it just makes it really, you know, I don't know, it's almost that, cartoony, yeah, can, like it's fake. Yeah, I, I I agree. It it's it's that there's so much detail that you could see now that we can't that we couldn't see before. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's an that's another that's a cool another one of the uh, Imperial Royal Guard like uh, yeah. creatures. Uh, holding two weapons. Hold yeah. that up so well, they can... Well, if you actually... If you swipe that to the next picture, he puts those together, and it's one kind of oh. dual spear. Yes. Oh, cool. Oh, okay, that's it connected. Yeah, oh, yeah. Very cool. But again, a different helmet, uh, different poses, different... Some, uh, like, parts of the outfit are different. So I'm wondering if it, it designates rank over... Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. There, there is a, a decent history of, of these characters through the comics and, and what we used to know as the expanded universe, but it'll be very fascinating to see where they take this. And this is at a replica prop forum on Facebook, it looks like. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 18, the, 18 photos. The RPF forum. The RPF forum. If, if, you, want, if you want to build yourself yeah. a lightsaber or a DL44 blaster, the RPF forum is a great place to go. Did you use that to build yours? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, it's not finished. I'm not done building it yet. But yeah, that's that's. I consulted it tremendously to get ideas for what I want to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, nice. Hey guys, we're gonna take a quick pause and uh, honor the sponsor of tonight's show, which I know you can guess it. Audible.com, longtime sponsor of the show. Uh, and we are thrilled to be affiliated and continue our affiliation with audible.com it's a great service we are we have been very happy with the service i know several of the hive uh are subscribers we are offering actually audible is offering for our listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can give the service a try before committing and uh this week we've got a new book that's out we talked about this a couple of weeks ago battlefront 2 inferno squad this is the uh, sort of the prequel to the game, Battlefront 2, that's going to be coming out, I think, in November for pre-orders. So uh, this is uh, written by Christy Golden, Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad, and narrated by Janina Gavankar. When the Death Star's super laser had targeted and obliterated Jeddah City, the Empire had landed a one-two punch in a handful of seconds. It had destroyed not only the rebel terrorist Saw Gerrera and his group of extremists known as the Partisans, but also the ancient temple of the Khyber, held sacred by those who secretly hoped for the return of the disgraced and defeated Jedi. And you can own Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad today for free. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash hive that's audible trial forward slash sorry audibletrial.com forward slash h-i-v-e for your free audio book you know one thing we never uh, first of all i i I think dave was definitely going to get this book um and i might check it out as well i don't know i'm uh, the expanding universe i'm i think i'm batting 500 on the expanded universe books for myself so far so this is a maybe but did it, does anybody know if dave ever read that guardians of the wills book that that came out a couple months the one that was on 
about Chirrut Imway and Baze Malbus. Did he? Do we know? Do we hear if he read that, or is that like a little kid book? I think I remember him saying that he wanted to read it or at least look into it. Mm. Yeah, he mentioned it definitely, and I don't care if it's a little kid book. I'll, I want to read it. <laughs> hey, I am one with it's the force, a, and the force is with me. It's about my speed, man. Well, like I said, those are those are two of the characters who I want. I definitely wanted to see more of. So I, I I'm I don't like I said I don't know if this was a targeted as a young adult book or even just a a young reader book uh, because they have a lot of those as well. And and I hey, I'm glad they're creating books and trying to get kids excited about reading again. God damn it! But um, yeah. yeah, I may want to check this one out too, even if it is uh, for a young readers because yeah, I like those characters so damn much that I would I would check it out as well. This is Anthony Pietromonaco, and you're listening to the Wretched Hive podcast. Well, talking about getting young readers interested in reading, one great way to do that is with comics. And uh, we have a story about two comic behemoths actually uh, coming together to support one another, which is extremely rare. This is Marvel and DC show solidarity against online trolls. This is at CBR.com. And uh, basically, without without reading the whole story, what happened was uh, there were six artists from, I believe it was from Marvel, that uh, went out and uh, were you know out together, co-workers, out having fun together, and uh, they had milkshakes together, called themselves the Marvel Milkshake Crew, and uh, because they happened to be female, and they were all out together, and they all worked for this the same company they were uh, attacked by internet trolls. And um, so they created this hashtag. It's make, my, make, make Mine Milkshake. It's a, it's a, make Mine Milkshake. Take off, right, it's, exactly. It's a take off of the longtime Marvel slogan, Make Mine Marble. So. Folks over at DC got into it, posted a picture of uh, a bunch of the staff there drinking milkshakes or uh, making the crossing their arms in solidarity and drinking milkshakes with with the Marvel team. So good for them for coming together. Uh, Dave was excited about this story. He wanted me to mention it. It very rarely happens. There's so much competition in the comic book world between DC and Marvel. Uh, This is a very rare occurrence where they actually agree and came together online in solidarity. So pretty cool story. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, you know, it really just, it sucks that we have to sit here and constantly go, Hey, good on you for, for sticking up for your buddies. But it's just, so many people are ready to stand up and just be complete and total assholes about the smallest little things. Um, that's, that's, that's the one thing that's terrible about the internet. I mean, it really, it, it, it empowers so many people just to be complete dicks. Yeah. Yeah. You want to get depressed, spend some time on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> just there's just so much bullshit on Twitter. It it's just it's it's just annoying. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Steve that mm-hmm. it's an extremely rare thing that this happens. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to jump in on that just because uh, it is a rare thing that happens, but it does happen occasionally. Marvel and DC have had some wonderful crossover events over the years. Uh, if you've been a comic book fan, um, I know a few of us have. Dave certainly has. I know Greg's been into it a few times. Um, but it's really cool to see this actually outside of the pages of comics, but the actual staff and the employees of comics doing this. So it's good on them for doing that. I'm stealing your line, Greg. Sorry. But it really is one of those moments where I, I hate seeing all the haters out there. I get that you have an argument or you might have a disagreement, but just saying the worst stuff possible. These people are doing a wonderful thing. I like, I like what's, what's happening here. So I may lose some geek cred here, but you, you I'm not a comic book guy. Have has Marvel and DC ever had like a crossover story where, you know, like I don't know, Superman appears in like a Spider Man story or, you know, anything like that? Yes. That has happened. There yeah, there it back in the early eighties, I think there was an X Men and um Teen Titans crossover. And then just like maybe about ten years ago, there was a Justice League and Avengers crossover series of uh, oh, issues that yeah. came out. Yeah, so it's it's only happened a few times where they have the and it's always like the two major super teams. Although I no, I take that back. I think there was a Superman versus Hulk issue maybe in the seventies as well. 
something to that effect. But it's it usually involved the big super teams, and you know there was a rift in the cosmic dimension, and they were forced to first fight and then team up, of course, because you always got to fight first before you can team up. So, well, that's interesting that it was those two groups in particular, because aren't we getting a uh, a Justice League movie here coming up pretty soon? November. November and of course Avengers is rocking and rolling. So I wonder, you th- I wonder if there's any plans or any discussions in the background for an Avengers Justice League crossover, crossover movie somehow. Never yeah. happened. Movie never, never, never happened. Never happened. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm adding to this. There were actually a lot more than what you mentioned, Greg. Uh, and one of the most famous ones was Superman versus the Amazing Spider-Man. Superman versus Whoa. the Amazing Spider-Man. Yes. I don't even remember that one. Yeah. But there was uh, also how would, how would Spider-Man even hold a candle to Superman? It's ridiculous. Ah, uh, have you seen the latest Superman? Easily. <laughs> Did I just say that out loud? Lame. Come on. Oh, can't... what's he gonna have? Kryptonite webs or something? Dude, does he even need it? He... All he has to do is like say some really bad things about Superman. He'll get all moody and brooding. Oh, <laughs> I'm emo Superman. I can't handle this. Ooh, I'm gonna go die now. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i can't stand the new dc stuff man I'm, they, dc needs to do something bad except for what have a whole except for wonder woman yeah. except for wonder, wonder woman. woman was a pretty good movie wonder woman was fun it's the best one out of the whole damn thing so far but it's not that great everyone's just going nuts over it i give them a lot of power for it but really it's the best one out of all of well them. and yeah. and before that was suicide squad and who was part of suicide squad Scientology man? Will Smith. Motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> well, what about pop? What, what do you guys think about Porgs to change the subject back to Star Wars? Star Wars. Are the Porgs the new Ewoks? ScreenRant.com asks. So these little Porgs are, uh, they're these cute little creatures. They've got big, expressive eyes. They're like the beakless penguin things that they've been pumping out all over the place. Yeah, yeah, they're sort of shaped like a like a uh, bowling pin. Yeah, uh, and they're cute as they're cute as ever. And um, so, what do you think? Are these being created um, for the kids to appease the kids? Yeah, what are, what, I, what are these things about? I think they're out there because Star Wars just doesn't have enough plushies. There's just not enough plushies in the Star Wars universe, so they <laughs> they need they need to have something to break into the plushie market. I think is what it is. So thank God they're finally releasing something, so they can finally, after all these years, finally get into the plushie market. Oh yeah, <laughs> smart move on their part, right? Well, Pablo Hidalgo himself tweeted out. Uh, he quipped, actually, after describing Porgs. He says, besides, Porgs are cute. You fall into those deep, soulful eyes. I think a lot of people are going to want a Porg as a pet. You know, it would just be... It would be so funny if the these little... What are they called? Porgs? I didn't... I'm sorry, I didn't get what the name... They're called Porgs? Yeah. It would be so... P-O-R-G. It would yeah, be so porgs. funny if these Porgs turned out to be like that rabbit in the Monty Python movie, though. That would be just... <laughs> just all of a sudden... You're like, oh, they're so cute! And they're just like, ah! <laughs> it's a terrible beast! It's a rabbit! Look at the bones! <laughs> Oh, yeah, I had us all worked up. <laughs> so funny. I One of the greatest movies ever. Yeah, I can't I can't say I, I agree with that yet. I really need to know more about it, although mm. they're, they're targeting it like the Ewoks because, as we know, the Ewoks were never mentioned in the actual film, the name Ewoks. So it was a complete marketing gimmick mm-hmm. from my point of view mm-hmm. um, and from evidence that we've been shown. So it's hard to say that nowadays with the Internet and everything going on, you know, and... and, and putting everything out on social media and, and prior to the film coming out, but we'll see. We'll see. I have no idea. Now, you do look at these little porgs, and um, they do have sharp little teeth. So they could be, maybe they're man-eating porgs. Oh. Like I the, mean, we know that Ewoks are like those, those <laughs> man-eating creature, uh, The creatures in uh, Galaxy Quest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, ex- oh, yeah. right, exactly. The little rock creatures. Oh. Or, no, they, they, stud, they, they worship the rock god. The rock god. But yeah, uh, um, it's it's been proven that that Ewoks uh, eat human flesh, 
And yeah, I think the I think these little porgs are just going to like little demon creatures. Do we have another <laughs> choice? Sorry, Greg. <laughs> do we have another? Is it, no, we have another choice? Do, do we have another choices or something like that? Do we make uh, a choice. No, it's a little what game we like that? to call. <laughs> no. um, uh, I think no, but... my favorite Star Wars plushie has got to be those Sumsums. Have you seen those? They're all over Disneyland. They're all over Disneyland. They're, they're adorable. What are what are, are Simpsons? They're the, oh, the little stackable ones. Yeah, yeah. they look they look like they look like little beanie baby pills for horses. <laughs> yeah. Ah, there's so many so many choices of stuffed animals. I can't get over. Why you want to feed your horse stuffed animals? I don't know, but. <laughs> Horse pills don't go in the mouth, Greg. Whoa! <laughs> All right, <clears throat> moving on. Um, so, now, this was a big story this week. Screen Rant, again, reporting, as actually was widely reported by many sources, but I've got ScreenRant.com up in the browser here. Colin Trevorrow's Star Wars Episode Nine is getting a rewrite. Uh, writer Jack Thorne, who penned this year's Julia Roberts and Jacob Tremblay-led drama Wonder, has been uh, pegged to rewrite Star Wars Episode Nine. Now, I don't know anything about Jack Thorne. I don't know if he's a Star Wars fan or not. Um, apparently, he comes with uh, very high accolades. And um, uh, let's see, he has done... His credits consist of primarily British TV such as National Treasure, The Fades, and The Cast-Off. Um, he did uh, Dark Materials Adaptation and uh, Philip K. Dick's Electric Sheep. Wait, what? What's did the you say Dick? A- 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 electric Sheep. Yeah, that's, that's Blade Runner. That's Blade yeah, Runner. That's, the, that's uh, Philip K. Dick's... I guess there was a an adaptation for the BBC uh, called Philip K. Dick's Electric Sheep. The full title actually being Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, but that's the story that inspired Blade Runner. Which, if you re- exactly. read the story, is nothing like Blade Runner at all, hence the inspired by, but just the same. Yeah, I, I got three quarters of the way through, and I'm like, there's no Blade Runners in this. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. If you ever get a chance, and, uh, there's a fantastic documentary called i think it's called dark days or something like that it's about four hours long about the making of blade runner and they go into that whole they 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 license the book but the guy who was writing the story had this title of blade runner way before he even had the idea for the story so he was always going to work blade runner into it just because he liked that title is that hey is that on the uh the big huge box set that came out a few years ago yes yeah that's what that's that's what it's on yeah I love Blade Runner. I am, I am, I am psyched for uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, I am too. It's going to be amazing. Blade Runner is is legit one of my absolutely all time favorite movies. I, I realize it can be polarizing, but and I don't care which which version you're talking about, the one with the narration or the one without. I think they're both just genius. Now, there's five versions, right? I, <laughs> something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna have a hard time with this. This might actually be the only Ryan Gosling film I actually like. What about? Oh, I know I know you've got the La La Land soundtrack playing in your car nonstop. Oh, did that? This? Oh, is that broken? It's just oh. it won't go. Your finger. Eh, oh there you go. man, I'm so sorry. What about? <laughs> what about? Uh, now you're gonna make me go to IMDb for for Ryan Gosling. Driver. Uh, didn't like Driver. Yeah, Driver. No on Driver. No. No, it was a little. What? Are you kidding me? That bathroom scene with him at the motel and that guy—that was brutal. I, I one scene isn't going to make a movie for me. I I I like Driver. I don't as know well, about that. That but scene. I, but I, I I can understand the criticism because it is it is very arty and it's it's very introspective and it's 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 all kind of naval. There's a lot of like navel gazing in that movie. It's like, oh, look at me, I'm such a good movie. You know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. But I, I did like it. I did like it. It was a, it was a passer up for me. Also, that other one where he was on a motorcycle and and having weird drama with some lady. Oh, God, I can't you know, remember them. You know what movie you need to see with him in it, and this will change your mind about how good of an actor and how good movies he's in. Is go and watch the Blue Valentine. 
And if yeah. you don't want to commit suicide after watching that movie, then you don't have a damn soul. That it, oh. that movie is is super depressing. So oh. sad, but it's so it's one of my favorite movies, and I don't know why. I absolutely hate watching it. Like the feels that you get are awful, <laughs> but it's such a good movie. He, you must you must have loved him in The Big Short then, because he played a total douchebag in The Big Short. I didn't watch that movie. No, I'm talking Scott. I'm talking Scott. No, I don't think I've seen that one. No. Oh, uh, Big Short's good. You should watch that. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Um, What's the uh, the film, the L.A. film noir um, movie that he did, where he's like the like the 1930s cop? Oh, in L.A. That, I'm I just I'm I'm on his IMDb page, so I'm gonna guess that was Gangster Squad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I ne- I never saw that one either. That's the one that got delayed because it was supposed to come out. Um, well, the week before it was supposed to come out was when that kid in Colorado shot up the Batman theater. So it got right. it, oh, yeah. it, it ended up getting delayed like six months and changed around because there's a scene where they are where they're shooting criminals in a movie theater. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually liked it. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I thought it was good. You know what? Here's why Scott doesn't like it. I figured it out, guys, and we're just gonna lay it all out there. He saw the Notebook and he just couldn't stop crying at the Notebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it was. Do you need some tissue right now? Okay. <laughs> Just, Not for that reason. Just uh, Steve, you gotta you just. <laughs> oh Steve, you just gotta hold him right now. Just hold him. Just ten- tenderly hold him. You're not hold. Hold me. <laughs> oh, I, I want to say so much about the notebook, but I I swear we'll we'll get some serious backlash. I can't do it. I just can't do Who it. Who we gonna get backlash from? <laughs> Nobody listens to this show. <laughs> yeah, hey, we have like three female listeners. Okay. Right, right. And I, I've had enough of. Oh, your mom listens too, huh? Oh, cool. <laughs> I, I think I mentioned to you guys, um, and I may have done it off offline. I may have only mentioned to a couple of you guys. I think my aunt. I had we had a get together at at, at 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 a family get together, and my aunt comes up to me. She says, "What's your problem with Glenn, Glenn Fry?" <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> "That's awesome." <laughs> Did you just I'm, go off on my, her? Like. You can't even fucking talk to me about Glenn Fry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh guys, we just have a couple more stories to wrap up here. Um I got a kick out of this one. The dailymail.co.uk and many other websites reporting that uh three American science journals um almost published fake scientific studies that this guy wrote and submitted as tried to pass off as legitimate studies, uh, authored by Dr. Lucas McGeorge <laughs> and Dr. Annette Kin. <laughs> uh, and the, the papers were about midichlorians <laughs> and he's got star Wars quotes from the movies and all kinds of plagiarism, factual errors about, you know, like real science and stuff. And, um, <laughs> What's funny is he he did it to expose these journals that will publish anything for money. And so he pulled the plug before he actually went forward. But there was one journal uh, that was going to – that they just wanted 360 bucks and they were going to publish this paper <laughs> in a legitimate <laughs> journal. So I just – being a science person myself, I just love the idea of Dr. Lucas McGeorge being published. <laughs> this is too good. Oh, man. A bunch of – So close and yet so far. A bunch of – pranksters i love that that's see, now, see that's the kind of shit that's funny that's the like you know yeah. that's the kind of shit that's funny i love that stuff now are you guys fans of uh arrested development huge best show okay. ever best comedy show ever made for me it's probably top 10 i i'm a big fan i won't go as far as saying it's best but i get it it is so funny so well written so smart yeah. the first three seasons absolute genius uh, did you watch the fourth season yeah, I've, I, honest, the comeback season. Uh, that was the. I think was it the fourth, the fourth season that was on Netflix. Is it was that? I thought so. Might be yeah. right. Might be. Yeah. But you know what? It's 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 the. There's a there's a lot to that show that you could you could just piecemeal it and watch it and it's funny and it's good and you'll laugh and everything like that. But if you watch it from beginning, there it's there's things that get referenced from the beginning of the show all the way to the end of the show and it's the the joke it's the writing is so tight on it the jokes are so good and the fact that they set things up in season 1 that they pay off in season 2 and in season 3 
so good. And it's not like you have to sit there and watch every show to appreciate it because it's still funny without it. That's the good thing is it's great to watch just once. It's great to watch multiple times. It's so good. Well, of course, on the show, Ron Howard was the narrator of the show to kind of keep things going in between. And he would narrate scenes and he's very funny on the show. It's just his voice. He didn't act on the show. I, well, I don't know. Was he ever actually on the show? No, he was not. He was not. Okay. Just the narr- just as the narrator. So the geniuses over at Nerdist put this together. Han Solo, uh, Arrested Rebellion, Ron Howard's Han Solo. Uh, this thing had me in tears this morning on the way to work. I'm going to play uh, a, the first few segments of it. It's so good. So uh, check this out. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? He didn't. Should I have? What a piece of junk! It actually looked pretty good. I have outrun Imperial Starships. Not the local bulk cruisers, mind you. I'm talking about the big Carillion ships now. Both things he just said were lies. It's a ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. Well, kinda. But he had another problem he had to deal with. Luckily, that worked too. And so the guys went to work. The princess, she's here? Princess, she's rich. Guess who liked that idea? Rich. In three hours, they had done $45,000 in damage. Who is this? He briefly considered faking the voice. I don't know who you are or where you came from. From now on, you do as I tell you. And then just to prove to himself he wasn't a coward, he went one step further. What do you think of Ron? This was as good an opening as he was going to get. Anyway, you got to watch the whole thing. It's about four minutes long. Uh, definitely worth it. This is at Polygon.com. I'm sure you can find it at Nerdist.com as well. Definitely worth a viewing. Uh, Ron Howard narrating Star Wars Arrested Development. So good. So good. Just genius. They did. I, I, I was I was listening to it, and I'm like, God, did they take some of that from the Arrested Development show, or did he actually record some of that? Because so, some of it really sound, really fits, like, really close. I was really impressed that they did such a good job with that. You know, if you get later in the video, let me see if I can pull it up here without uh, having this freeze on me. Later in the video, he actually does mention, like, the Death Star and something else here. Let me just play it from here. The detail's wrong. He's my brother. Hey, on the next season, Force, a Jedi. It was true. All of it. <laughs> oh. I know what. Oh no, was right. Wrong fuses. And this happens. <laughs> the death scene. Um, well, I couldn't find it, but uh, yeah, it's, definitely go find it. It's it's, it's worth a worth a quick viewing. Absolutely. It'll make you chuckle. <laughs> so um, I don't know if you have it in the notes there, uh, but uh, there's a story that I did want to bring up. But I do kind of want to talk about it. So it was the yeah. the news about um, a possible casting of the actor who portrayed Darth Vader in um, Rogue One. Right. Casting in the Han Solo film. Mm-hmm. In the Han Solo film. For that actor, right. So, um, I guess. Uh, hmm. So I, I, I guess I kind of wanted all to take this. So I'll tell you, if they cast him as just another guy in the film, I'm I'm totally okay with it. Um, but do we need to have a Darth Vader presence shoehorned into this movie? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I did want to say that you know that's very common in in the Star Wars films. Um. Jeremy uh, Jeremy Bullock famously played Boba Fett, but oh, yeah. also one of the was one of the best Ben guards. Yeah, that was um, actually had hands on Princess Leia in that sequence where uh, the attack is happening on Cloud City. Right. Um, also, uh, Jeremy Bullock shows up in the prequels in um, I believe it's Episode One. He is the pilot for the the like the blockade runner type ship or whatever it is that gets blown up inside um the trade federation starship Mm -hmm. he is one of those pilots okay so so there is some precedence 
for this in in yeah. film and in Star Wars in particular. The skeptic in me says, "Oh well, how do you solve a, a film that may be struggling? You slap Darth Vader in there, right?" Yeah. See, so my thought is, and this is this is how I hope that they use him, and honestly, it's how I believe they use him. There's been a lot of talk of other Wookies. There's been talk of of you know what is it, Lumpy coming back, or is it Mala coming back? I forget which one. There's just one of Mala. one of Chewie's family co- coming back. So. Uh, we're obviously going to be getting to see more than one Wookiee. So he's uh, he's a tall dude. He's like seven foot tall or something like that. So they're going to put him in, you know, they're going to put him in a um, a Wookiee costume and he'll be a standard Wookiee. Great. Perfect. Let's do that. But I, I would be sorely disappointed if they pull another, you know, Ponda Baba, Dr. Abazon, C-3PO, R2-D to a Rogue One moment where oh. they just throw these guys in there and it's like, hey, you know, just Darth Vader bumps by him walking by a hall in the corridor, you know? I just, I, I would hate to see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, why would they cast this guy and, and have it not be a secret if it's not Darth Vader? Just, I mean, he's a no-name guy, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, like I said, I mean, they've used multiple actors who played very famous parts in not-so-famous or even disguised parts. Mm-hmm. Um, God, there's a laundry list of them. Uh, Warwick Davis has been in every mm-hmm. Star Wars film since Return of the Jedi as other characters, which mm-hmm. usually start with a W, the name that he Oh, plays. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, also, he's appeared in more Star uh, Wars movies than Mark Hamill has. That's right. And... Uh, the character that uh, Ahmed Best played Jar Jar Binks was in Revenge of the Sith. So, of course, Anthony Daniels has been in every Star Wars film, and he will let you know about it uh, regularly. <laughs> outside of the C-3PO costume? Because he has no ego at all. He's only been in one film outside of the C-3PO costume. Was he outside of the costume? Yes, he, yeah, was, he was Revenge he, of the Sith. I think he's in the same scene with uh, Ahmed Best, oh. I think it is. That. It, they they play republic dignitaries that are in like these blue uniform type things in the bar sequence. Can you see his face? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I did not know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna have to go find that. Just like the whole Lucas family makes an appearance in Revenge of the Sith as well. He's mm-hmm. he's pulling a Steve Bannon and sucking his own cock. Oh man, I was <laughs> waiting for that joke to come. Oh, thank you. Damn. Oh, my God. It's the Very Lonely Luke Tweet of the Week. Red 5 standing by. Because if there's something to whine about, you can count on Luke. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Even though he's now an old man. No! It just isn't fair. Greg, what do you got for us this week? Well, you know, I was hoping that we could change this segment up a little bit and go with the White House communications director tweet of the week. <laughs> then the booch had to go and screw the pooch. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> God, uh, so we're back to very lonely Luke, and we had to just go uh, from what do we have here? From uh, July the twenty fourth, actually, we're back to another conversation between. Uh, BLL and uh, old uh, Ray out there on the island. So, Very Little Luke says, the Jedi's most powerful weapon is their mind. Ray's response to that, did Vader think your hand off? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's pretty good. (laughs) I just want to see the deadpan look on his face after she says that. You bitch. <laughs> Did Vader think your hand off? <laughs> oh, VLL. Poor guy. Poor guy. <clears throat> well, if Vader thought your handoff and you want to tell us about it, you can do so. Give us a call. The Wretched Hive hotline is waiting to receive your voicemail at 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. Of course, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive podcast. You can email us. We do have an email. Uh, wretchedhive at yahoo.com 
You can find us on Twitter at RetchHivePod. And we only tweet positive stuff for the most part. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking at what Scott's going to post on our Facebook page, and it's it's fabulous. It's, uh, it's Nico. I don't know what he's saying, but he's mid, I don't know. He's, he's like doing his best Elvis impersonation. There. Doesn't it look like he's trying to be Elvis? I love it. Spe- hey, spe- uh, speaking of Facebook, breaking news. Yesterday I read on the Scum and Villainy Cantina page that they are officially staying open permanently at that location in Hollywood. Wow. wow. Yeah. All right. I got to reach out again to FJ DeSanto and get that interview done. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Hey, find us on Podbean, Wretched Hive podbean.com or the best way maybe to find the show is through iTunes search podcast section of your iTunes or any of your podcast players search for the wretched hive and uh, we will appear magically leave us a review on iTunes it really helps we need more reviews guys so go on iTunes leave us a review five stars one star any star we don't care we just want to hear from you fans of the wretched hive podcast episode 42 is in the books Guys, final thoughts, quickly. Touch my mooch! That is your final thought for the show. Have a great couple of weeks. And may the force be with us all. <laughs>